Hello and welcome back. This is the Voice of Jesus Ministries. My name is Rick. So glad that you've come back and that you are, if you're a return visitor, thank you for returning and uh, following this series. We're doing a series called The Promise from Jesus. And the promise is the greatest gift Jesus brought to planet Earth, and that is the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is amazing what that will do in your life. And this entire series was based upon that gift and how that gift will work in your life. So, if you've been following right along, I hope you've really been blessed by it. And if you're new, welcome. So before we get started, right up here, you can contact us at thepromisefromjesus at gmail.com. Feel free to write in and pose a question, share a thought, share a blessing, something that Jesus is doing in your life. It's there for you, and it's completely anonymous. Also, you can also leave a comment on one of the YouTube videos or in one of the podcasts. We do uh, many, many stations for podcasting, and it seems to be working really well. But if we're not on your station, write us, let us know, and we'll try to get to that station and, and get our uh, series posted on it. So the last time we were together, we ended in chapter 18. And I'll be using the teachings of Jesus as recorded by John. Today that's known as the Gospel of John. And it is the intralinear version that uh, I use in this study. So it may be different from your favorite version. You know, when I was starting out as a believer, a very young man, my favorite version was the good news version. It was an English version. Why? Because it was the first Bible I ever had, or that was given to me. After that, I uh, graduated into the King James Version, and I carried that version at my side for many, many, many years, and to this day, I still like it. Uh, it's just something about it, because it I grew up with it, you know. But since then, I've, I've learned to love many different versions, as I'm sure you all have as well. But my favorite is the interlinear. And that's because I, I really like to drill down on uh, the New Testament and the words and where they've come from and etc., uh, etc. Et so, without further ado, we're going into chapter 19. Now, as you remember, uh, at the end of chapter 18... This was where Pilate had brought Jesus out before the people. And he said, look, you have a custom. And your custom is that during the Passover, someone can be released from the jail that they're being held in or from, or from something that they were being accused of. And so he said to the crowd, he said, do you want the king of, Ju of the Judeans set free? Now, the Judeans, they did not accept him as the king. You know that. And they didn't uh, want him set back free because this whole plot was to get him to a place of being murdered. Well, uh, crucified. But the, that, the end of the act of blood was on the Judeans' hands. 
And it says, everyone screamed out again. This is the last verse of chapter 18. Then everyone screamed out again saying, not this man, referring to Jesus, but rather Barabbas. And Barabbas was being held because he was a robber or a thief. So they were asking for a thief to be pardoned as, as one being uh, granted a pardoning during the Passover rather than the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus, our Heavenly Father. They were screaming, no, we want Barabbas. So beginning in verse 19, this is how, how it says. It says, then from that time, Pilate took and scourged Jesus. So he accepted the will of the people. After bringing Jesus out, he accepted the will of the people and said, okay, if you want Barabbas, you can have him. And so he did what was just the, the standard protocol, and that was to take Jesus back and turn him over to the soldiers or to the gatekeepers or the jailers, and then they would, would uh, do things like this here, scourging. And scourging is that the time in which he is, is beaten and whipped and caned. We're not sure exactly how that particular scourge took place. Then verse 2, it says, the soldiers weaved a crown out of the thorns or out of a thorny bush and put it on his head, clothed him in a purple robe. Now they're making mockery of him. And said, hail, king of the Judeans, then struck him with rods. So, can you imagine this? Can you imagine that this is what these jailers did? That, you know, they fashioned this crown out of thorns, put it on his head, and just how cruel, how brutal. And then they put a purple robe on, on him that was to signify some kind of royalty during that time. And then they took rods and we don't know what the rods were made of. You know, it could have been the inside of a cactus. It could have been, a, you know, a tree branch, but it was a rod. It could have even been fashioned out of metal. We don't know. And they began to beat on him with these rods. And they were doing it for, for their pleasure. You know, when you think about it, you know, the, what is the spoil of this? Well, you know, why? What does what their behavior come from? Then Pilate came outside again and said to them, Listen, you take him away because I know that no cause will be found in him. Did you get a picture of this? Pilate comes back outside and he says to the people, specifically to the Judeans and, and to the, the priests and, and, and the servants and the followers of these Judeans. And he says, he says to him, he says, listen, take him away. I know that there will be no cause found in him. He knew be, that, that he was there falsely because that was his worldly position. You know, he was a judge. He was, 
You know, he was Pilate. He was the governor, and his his position was that of authority. His position was that of, of discerning what the worldly scenarios were and what was going on. And he knew that this man was innocent. He knew that this man, there was no cause found in him. Just as he said, I know there will be no cause found in him. Then Jesus came outside wearing the thorny crown and the purple robe. And Pilate said to him, Behold the man. Now that was his response when Jesus came out. He said, Behold the man. So you know that Pilate, he had a purpose to fulfill, didn't he? He knew there was no cause. He knew that Jesus was innocent. He knew that he was basically a pretty good person, but yet they had brought him there falsely. And so he brought him out and said, okay, look, he's been scourged. He has a crown on his head and a purple robe. There's a complete mockery being made of our Messiah. And he says, behold the man. When the chief priests and his servants saw him, they shouted out saying, crucify, crucify. Did you hear that? When the chief priests and servants saw him, saw Jesus, they shouted out, crucify, crucify. And they were stirring the crowd up around them and the crowd began to scream it as well. And it was a, just a, a terrible scenario because here, who were the children of God, had set Jesus up to be murdered. And then they're standing there hollering out, crucify, crucify. Doesn't it make you wonder what was going on inside them? Then Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no cause in him. The Judeans answered him, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he makes himself the Son of God. What kind of a response was that from the Judeans? Once again, blind. A response that they, are, they know who he is. They know that if he is to be set free, that everyone would follow them and they would lose what they have. They know this. And so they dig through their, their scrolls and they find a law. And the law is that he has made himself the son of God. And that is blasphemy. And for that, he is to die. Really? Then when Pilate heard this teaching, he was rather reluctant and went back into the governor's palace and said to Jesus, where are you from? 
But Jesus gave no response. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not talk to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you or I have authority to crucify you? Jesus didn't respond. When, when Pilate said to him, where are you from? He didn't respond. He just stood there. And Pilate turns to him and he says, you don't talk to me. Listen, don't you understand? I have authority. I have authority. I can set you free. I can have you crucified. That is me. That's my authority as governor. And look at what Jesus said. His response was, no. He stops him right in his track and he says, no. Unless it was given to you from above, no one has authority over me. Did you hear what Jesus said? You need to because this applies to your life. This applies to you as a child of God. This is amazing. This is powerful. Jesus turns to Pilate and he says, No. No. You have no authority unless it has been given to you from above, from heaven. He, he continues and says, No one has authority over me. No one. No one. Lock into that. No one has authority over the Messiah. And unless it has been handed down from heaven, from the throne of our Father, no one will have authority over you. Lock that into your heart. As a child of God, Jesus goes before you. He is your shepherd. And we follow him and we know his voice and he protects us. As he told Father, I have all that you have given me and none of them will ever come out of his hand. We are under the authority of heaven. We are under the authority of Jesus. We are under the authority of our Heavenly Father. And no one has authority over us here unless it's been given to that person from above. And if something you, you may do in your future... I'm not talking about your past because, child, you have been forgiven of everything in your past and it is gone. But you know, children have a way of straying. They can be drawn away. And you can set yourself in a place where you shouldn't be and get yourself in such a thick that you will find yourself under the hands of the world. And you are still the child of God. But I'm telling you, if Father has to give someone here authority, just like in this particular case, to deal with you because of your choices, 
then you will realize the consequences and they will be handed down from heaven, not from this world. Now, speaking to the child of God, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying here. So Jesus says, no one has authority over me. And that's the fact. I want you to think back about another writing that was in the written word when it says Jesus went and fasted for many days into the desert. And it says the adversary came along. And some people try to teach and, and, and that story as being that the adversary, the, the adversary had authority over Jesus because he did this to him and took him and told him. And, and No, he had no authority. None. Zero. We read that whole parable and reread that whole story knowing that the, the adversary had zero authority over Jesus. He was following him like a, a wet kitten is what he was doing. So then Jesus says this, For this reasons, those handing me over to you have greatly erred. Now, that is verse 11. That's a powerful verse. There is so much teaching in there, and it's one that you can drill down on. But I hear the second part of Jesus' response after he said, no one has authority over me. He says, for this reason, those handing me over to you, that is the chief priest and the servants that, were, that had carried him to Pilate, okay? He says have greatly erred they have greatly erred they have they have committed an error that is huge greatly okay and so the battle isn't between Jesus and Pilate the battle isn't between Jesus and the world the battle was between Jesus and the Judeans and they have now Jesus has verbally now proclaimed they have greatly erred and that will impact them very soon. Going on, verse 12. Because of this, Pilate sought to set him free. Very important, okay? Because of this, Pilate sought to set, him, set Jesus free. He knew that Jesus was innocent. But the Judeans shouted out saying, if you set this man free, you are not a friend of Caesar. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. Now I want you to listen to the error this great error that these Judeans have committed get deeper okay they get it gets deeper not only did they plot this murder not only were they in fear of their possessions okay and their identity and not only were they in fear of of their authority they they plotted this whole thing. They caused an insurrection with the crowd to shout out, crucify him, crucify him. They accepted a thief and a robber in place of Jesus as the release over the Passover, a, a gift that, that was given to them. 
But now they are manipulating Pilate. Now the Judeans are manipulating Pilate and they're standing there saying to, saying to Pilate, if you set him free, if you set this man free, you are not a friend of Caesar. So they're saying to Pilate, we will go above your head and we will go directly to Caesar. That's what they were saying. Whosoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. So by, by them saying to, the, to Pilate that Jesus said he is the king of the Judeans, that he was making himself higher than Caesar. And he is speaking against Caesar. Now they have stepped out of the things of God. They have stepped out of the things they were here to do, here to promote, here to be a representative of. Okay, They have now stepped out of it into the world and they are manipulating a, a governor, Pilate, and threatening him by going to Caesar and saying, you're not his friend if you do, don't do this because he says he's a king. And anyone that says he's a king over Caesar, he has to be punished. The, 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 the condemnation, the, uh, the, uh, the manipulation, they were, they were condescending upon Pilate. They were manipulating him. They were threatening him. They were using worldly tactics. Worldly tactics. This is what we're supposed to be the children of God, the representatives of God. Excuse me. And look at what they did. Did they not go deeper into their pit? You bet they did. They went much, much deeper into their pit. And it's unfortunate because now they were completely blind. Okay? They didn't, they, they were, their hearts were hardening faster than they could keep up with their own hearts. Verse 13, therefore, hearing these words, Pilate led Jesus outside to a place called Gabbatha in Hebrew. And he sat down on a stone tribunal platform. They were now preparing the Passover and the time was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Judeans, look at your king. And they shouted out, take him away, crucify him, kill him. This is, again, the chief priests and their servants, okay? Take him away, crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, should I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. Did the pit just get deeper? The Judeans said, the chief priests and those that were with them shouted out and said, we have no king but Caesar. Wow. Wow. You talk about being in total darkness now, all right? Total darkness brought about by themselves, okay? 
for the for the chief priests and for the Judeans who are supposed to be the children of God to shout out we have no king but Caesar is to be completely in darkness their their king was the I am their king was our Heavenly Father their king was Yahweh and now they are shouting out we have no king but Caesar Consequently, verse 16, he then handed him over that he would be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away. Carrying his cross beam and went out to the place called the skull, which is called Golgotha in Hebrew. I'm going to stop there for today. I'd like for you to review this. This is chapter 19, verses 1 through 17. There's some powerful teaching in there, but it shows you the descent into the pit of the Judeans and how quickly, how quickly it went really bad for them. You talk about something going wrong fast real fast and it was it happened over a period of time remember they were plotting this for over a three-year period but but it just went down really fast really fast for them for the children of God the Judeans to shout out we have no king but Caesar how it must have hurt our father's heart how it must have hurt Jesus, who was standing right there, who is our Father, who is the Holy Spirit, all in one, standing right there, hearing these, these children, his children, shout out, we have no king but Caesar. To hear his children shout out, crucify him, crucify him, killed him to hear them shout out we will take this thief over this man to watch them cause an insurrection amongst the people and stir the people up and lead them in a direction is that is completely contrary to what they are supposed to be doing i'm telling you when the darkness came upon them, it came upon them fast, and it led them deeper and deeper and deeper into blindness. It's a terrible time. Most people focus on the act of Jesus being beaten and crucified. When you, you should focus on what was happening with the children of God, the Judeans, those who were delivered those who that came out of exile, those who were given unto the promised land, those who were led, who now at this point have just completely turned. And, and you say, well, you know, that was just the leaders. That was just, you know, there was a lot of people that follow the leaders just like they do today. You know, it's kind of like where that saying come from. 
be careful you're not just following the leader because the leader may be taking you in a wrong direction. Your leader needs to be Jesus. Your leader needs to be the Holy Spirit today. Living within you and guiding you and directing you into all truth and, and building a relationship that you will never do this. Never. So uh, go back over it. I'm glad you came back today for this, and we're going to continue. You know, it gets better as we go on. We're coming to the end of this series, and it only gets better. So you've got to stay through the ending because there's some amazing teaching. Amazing. Thank you again for joining, and I hope you will share this with your friends. And please, take time to pray. Take time to really Search your soul on the things that we've learned here. Jesus loves you, and I look forward to you in the next class. Until then, bye-bye.